0: Reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The wedding in Cana. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana, in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said in service, do whatever, you, do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jugs there, two stone washings, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told them, Fill the drawers with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it. And when the head waiter tested the water that had become wine without knowing where it came from, Although the servants who had drawn water knew, the head waiter, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves good wine first, and then when people have drunk food, if you wine your wine, would you have kept good wine until now? Jesus did, did this at the beginning of the Psalms in Cana, and Galilee, and so revealed his glory, and his disciples began to believe in him. After this, he and his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, with and stayed there only a few days. The Gospel of the Lord. Growing up in the 60s, one of the TV shows I used to watch was called, Father Knows Best. I think they should have called it, Mother Knows Best, because my mom always did, even though I didn't think she did at the time. The wedding of has a lot of symbolism packed inside it. The gospel account of this wedding is only mentioned in John's gospel. None of the synoptics mention it. John places it in the second chapter, I think, to show its importance. When we read it, we notice two things right away. First, he says the mother of Jesus, okay? First, he says the mother of Jesus was there. His mother is mentioned first. And only Jesus is mentioned by name, no one else. In the book of Genesis, before the first or original sin, the woman was called woman. But after the fall, she is called Eve, which translates the mother of all living. She was seduced by Satan and disobeyed God and only thought of herself. But at the wedding at Canaan, Mary was more concerned for the couple whose wedding it was when they ran out of wine. This would have been a huge embarrassment for the couple, as typical weddings in that time period would last for seven days. Another Jewish custom at that time is that the bridegroom supplied the wine at his own wedding. Jesus tells the servants to fill the six stone water jars to fill them with water. In Jewish eyes, six is considered incomplete, but Jesus makes it complete by turning water into wine. Not only wine, but choice wine. The Jews believed that number seven to be perfect as it took the Lord seven days for creation. Another belief that the Jews had was that of the Messianic banquet that we read in Isaiah 25, that when the Lord of hosts comes, there will be a superabundance of choice wine. Another thing that is only in this gospel account is that we read the last words of the Blessed Mother who recorded in sacred scripture Do whatever he tells you. We learned, to in all this class, that Cantalor comes from the Last Supper account. And Jesus tells the apostles, Do this in memory of me. This was a command from Jesus, God himself. So I think when Mary tells the service, do whatever he tells you. She's commanding them also. And you know what? They listen to her as well as Jesus. Notice, a little piece of advice. Do whatever he tells you. Well done, Bob. how did it feel? Good. I look at it; it was a little short, but you know, I don't want to bore you guys. I want to drag on. There's a, there's really a lot in here because when you think about it, I mean, this follows John the first chapter of John, and the first chapter of John starts off with the three words in the story of creation in the beginning. And some Protestants I heard from Petrie years ago on the one the DVD I watched a YouTube video that some Protestants when they do the Gospel of John, it says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Now it wasn't a God; it was God. Uh, and another, another take I didn't put down here, but God creates God created man first. Okay, and what happened? The woman sinned. But you go to this this this, this, this here. They mentioned Mary first, and then who? The woman came from Adam's side. Okay, with the same thing with the church, you know, with blood and water flowed out. But when he, he mentions this, he mentions Mary first. And Jesus came from Mary, like reversing the damage that happened. And Mary, also, she's Mary, but she's also called a woman. Jesus wasn't being disrespectful, because even on the cross, you know, woman not be called his son. So I think that's because Mary a sin. You know, she's. That's, I watched a uh, video. I did yeah. a mass a few years ago. Uh, he did a part of John Giulio. He does Web of Faith. He wrote, him and his partner wrote, a, uh, oh, like a four or five books from the Dummy Series. And he did it, and it was the of Deception. And he talked about Tale Murray, full of grace. He said, Full of grace, don't want to sin. That's it. Tell me uh, your favorite line in. In the scripture. I think the last one. Do whatever he tells me, because she's she's our she's his mother, but she's our mother too. Mothers never steer us wrong. They want the best for us. And I I was going to do something else, but when I when I thought about it, I'm like, no, wait sir. this this is the one to do. <clears throat> the uh, first of the seven signs. Yes. He calls them miracles. He calls them, them signs. signs. That's interesting, one, isn't it? Not a not healing, not, not a loaves, not a demonic possession. Not, not raising someone from the dead. But producing alcohol. Yeah. But there's also another, another aspect to that where Eve ate from the tree, okay? And what is one? Adam fermented you know, fruit. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Adam did too, by the way. I wasn't just you. Well, he was right there. It actually was actually his job to protect her. And he said nothing.
1: Very good,
2: Bob. Thank you, brothers. I, I would like to speak be... with
0: you. You put your text up there
2: in line. you know, of the next-
3: The Lord be with you and with your spirit. A reading from the gospel according to Luke. The people were filled with expectation and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. John answered them all saying, I am baptizing you with water, but one mighter than me that I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the tongues of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. After all, people had been baptized and Jesus also had been baptized and was praying. Heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven you are my beloved son with you i am well pleased the gospel of the lord, Praise Praise lord jesus christ. Christ. dear brothers in christ in this gospel of the baptism to john and jesus we are reminded of our call to serve those most in need with humility and mercy, it reminds us that we have one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father. Just like Jesus, today God God called us, his beloved children, he called us to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace to form one body in the same spirit, to share the hope in Christ. Dear brothers, it's not a baptism of water that we receive. It is not simple baptism that purifies our sins. It is the loud voice that must continue to resonate in our hearts. We are loved by God. I would like to finish with a reminder to all of us with this question. Shouldn't today be a day when we remember our baptism and give thanks to God for that gift of his divine life life that we have received? May the Lord bless us today and keep close to each one of us.
4: How do you feel? Great. Yeah.
3: I. To we true with you last week? God, God, know what he's do because last week I didn't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it came, to, it, came, it came. to me, you know, the, the the baptism of the Lord because in the baptism is is a call for us and and and. For me, I feel that, uh, that that's that's my call since since I was baptized that I, that I had to serve others. Even today, reading also make every man, you know, like you are called to to go out and see the the, the, the people who, who need you. So this one identified me mean, with the, with the, with the call to serve as as mm-hmm. a deacon. As a, as a servant of the, of the servants of the. Lord. What's your
0: favorite
3: line from the gospel? The one the John answered to all the, the, the to all the people, because as a human he should say, "Yes, I am the Christ," but he said, "No." He recognized. He said, "I am baptizing you with water, but no one." But one matter day I is coming, I am not willing to loosen those of his sons. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That one is is the for me is the center of those of the reading. What if I can't
0: remember my baptism? How old always you said remember your baptism. Well, I can't my baptism.
3: Um, I, and did, you know, I did that won't work, I, I, I
4: don't mind, and I have 58 years, so.
0: Very good. Just, um, you also, uh, you you. Uh, Just a, a little note um, as we get ready for our, our daily homilies. Part of how am I getting in, how am I getting out? and how am I getting out, what is the last thing you're going to say before you sit down um you know if you were doing like a speech at the elks club you would probably say thank you you don't for homilies you don't say that um either have your eucharistic pivot or you have something like may the lord give you his peace you have to tell them it's over you know you have to punctuate put a punctuation on it by saying i'll say what i say i say almost always Praised be Jesus Christ now and forever. Most times people reply. Now, not all the time, but, you know, old people will. That's what I do. That's like my punctuation mark. Praised be Jesus Christ now and forever. That kind of brings the, the plane to a landing. So have in your mind before you get up here, what's going to be my last sentence? Otherwise, you might get up and be like, thank you. And then it's obvious to everyone then that you didn't know how you were getting out. <clears throat> you end it like an Elks Club speech, okay? All right. Um, so, everyone have it? ten feedback sheets on the. So raise your hand if you don't have the sheets. Okay. So we only need one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven each, right? So maybe if um. All right. You can give some extras to, was it Bob and Dan? Dan. Okay. The Lucas, you want to? Okay. Yeah, maybe you can share enough so everyone has them. Like, it should be enough. If everyone put out 10, it should be enough. Thanks, Doug. So the feedback sheet, it's a uh, homily feedback the, sheet that yeah, we're going no, for? No, they're
4: going to be more. Definitely. I'm giving them each two
2: who else is the third one?
0: Jesus Christ. My pastor that at the end of the gospel before he starts his book. Okay. So, what I'll put it down, but it's, it's, it's just like a little, it's, it's either that or uh, like during Advent, Baraka. Little little all right, It's all right. As long as it has a couple but, of them but now. We'll, we'll take a break after yeah. half you a Probably. Okay. You So let me there. tell you a little story before we begin. A good way to approach the feedback is from letter to the Ephesians say the good things that people need to hear. This might be the only chance that you have to actually get honest feedback. Let me tell you how the parish works. You're going to get up there, preach a homily, you will only hear positive feedback. Um, People who didn't like it won't say anything. That's just how it is. If people really don't like it, they'll probably change parishes. Um, I'll tell you a story about a guy named Father Larry. This is a true story. When I was a deacon, this happened to me. I, I went home, I'm from Maryland. It must have been Thanksgiving or something, I was home for, for the weekend. And I talked to Father Colin, who was the pastor, my home parish. And I said, Father Kahn, I'm coming home. I'd love to, to serve as a deacon. He said, great. You can preach daily mass, on the Friday, whatever it was. And I said, great. I get a homily ready. I get there the Friday. got my little homily. You know, I'm excited to preach to the home crowd. Kind of like Jesus on this past Sunday, which usually is the opposite. Usually the home crowd, they're really excited about you. Um, so I, I get there and in the sacristy. It's not Father Colin the pastor. It's the associate. Father Larry, and Father Larry says, "Hello, Deacon Eric, welcome." I said, "Hey, Father Larry, good to be here." He said, "I wrote a homily. I'd love to give it." I said, "Fine, you're you're the presider. You know, I'm here to help." And he, I had like a nice homily, flowery, thanking the parish, the school also, the parish school, for nourishing the seeds of my vocation. It was like a, it was a sweet kind of homily. And Father Larry gets up there and says, Deacon Eric and I have a special vocation, and we'll be judged according to our vocation, and you'll be judged according to yours too, which is like, you know, not totally untrue, but it was just ugly, and I was embarrassed to be part of this liturgy. Afterwards, people had come to see me, I told friends I was going to come to this Mass, and uh, friends had come, it's really like 7 a.m. weekday Mass, and... As people are leaving, I'm like half embarrassed. I'm like, hey, thanks for coming. And this little old church lady says to me, isn't Father Larry wonderful? <laughs> and at that point, I kind of got it. He's bad because he only, if all he hears is the positive feedback. So never believe what people tell you because they're only gonna, it's gonna be that you could, you could ask her what, what he say. She wouldn't know, you know. Um, now, when people do say great homily, don't say like, oh, you know, just, just say thank you. And if you can, use it to kind of deepen your connection with them say, hey, you know, are you involved with any parish ministries or, you know, like, what's your son's name? Like, if they're opening up saying like, hey, great homily, it's a chance to kind of talk to them a little bit, you know, so like just say thank you, then kind of move on to, hey, you know, is, is your son in, in first communion this year? Some kind of question to kind of. Who knows, there might be some kind of ministry they could do, lecturing or something like that. So two stories about Father Larry, just so you know this this could be your only chance to get some really good feedback. That's why it's like I really want to have a lot of feedback. Um, so tell the truth, be honest, you know, but don't be cruel, but be sincere with it, because like I said, this is a great opportunity. This is the only time that you might actually get genuine, sincere feedback. In your homilies. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Perfect. Because I have an eight-sided die. All right? So uh, I'm not sure where I got it from. It's, a, it's an ochre kind of die. Yeah. Danielle? Lucas. Lucas. Lucas, okay. Help me out. Steve? Doug? Raphael? Bob. Daniel. Daniel. Okay. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> Dan. okay. Paul. All right, I'm like batting 500 there. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You got your numbers? Uh, All right, so once you get your number, you can come up here. It's set for this week, so you can fiddle with the electionary and have a seat and you'll begin. So, we have their feedback sheets. So, just put the homeless name up there, you can fill in. You know, some of them might be a word or two, but you know, this is a chance to give them some substantial feedback.
1: Okay. You
0: want to roll? <laughs> a roll, Bob. Roll them bones. What do you got? Eight. Eight. It's eight. eight, it's eight. Which is Paul. Okay. Father, well, we signed yeah, this it. last week, I thought you meant to the gospel from this past, this past week. That's okay. So. okay. okay. So Thanks for yeah. uh, The Lord be with you. And A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Is a lamp brought in to be placed under a bushel basket or under a bed and not be placed on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be made visible. Nothing is secret except to come to light. Anyone who has ears to hear ought to hear. He also told them, take care what you hear. The measure with which you measure will be measured out to you and still more will be given to you to the man who has more will be given from the one who has not even what he has, will be taken away. The gospel of the Lord. Jesus, the Lord. Jesus I've been at the bound Catholic a man of faith almost all my life. I have to say that honestly. And now these past five years in the active formation, you would think after all of this time, my life before formation and during formation, you would think that at this point, I'd be very comfortable in engaging in conversation with people about our Lord, about Jesus. I'm still not there. But I turn to this gospel passage, when I need a little bit of a boost, a little bit of of encouragement, this one does it for me. I'm sure all of us here gathered today are men of great faith in the risen Lord and that he is the center of our daily lives. And as future deacons, we're all being called to joyfully bring our dear Lord into the lives of others by our service, our actions, our examples, and by spreading God's word but do we ever feel uncomfortable? Are there times and situations where perhaps we may be compelled to keep our Catholicism somewhat under wraps? Certainly there are many who believe that one's faith is a private matter and that it should be kept that way. Many take the position that there's a time and place for everything, including your religion. Many feel that especially in today's society We cannot always call attention to the fact that we are faithful Catholics. We may feel that we cannot openly espouse Christian views because living in our secular society, where good is often perceived as evil and evil perceived as good, we might be called bigoted or even accused of being hate-filled and judgmental. So often many good people feel that their faith and the practice of their religion should be reserved private time and at mass on Sundays. Even we as the academic candidates, do we avoid conversations about Jesus with family and friends, or perhaps those at work for fear of repercussions, or that perhaps others will avoid us? Do we hesitate to pray before meals when we go out to a restaurant to eat, perhaps again fearing that in doing so it might draw some attention to us? Do we worry that people will consider us holier than thou? So therefore, we want to avoid any type of misunderstanding of our outward expressions of our faith. So to stay in our comfort zones, wouldn't it be okay to just keep our faith to ourselves? Let the priest spread the good news from the ambo on Sunday, but certainly not us. Well, let's look at today's gospel for a moment to find out what our dear Lord has to say on that. We see in this gospel from St. Mark, and then similarly in the gospel of Matthew and the gospel of St. Luke, who all touch on this story, that Jesus has a direct answer for us. Clearly addresses any hesitancy that we may have to keep our faith private. He's telling us that it is not optional for us to live our faith out in the open for all to see and to spread the good news to everyone. It's required of us. Our light, which is indeed the light of Christ within us, must shine for others to see. It must shine in our actions, in our expressions of love for others, and in every aspect of our faith. It must shine as we spread the good news to all we encounter, whether it be by word or by deed, preferably both. Certainly, none of this is meant for us to show off or or to be proud Being beacons of the light of Christ is not for our own glory, but it's for the glory of God and for the benefit of others who may still be in the dark. As faithful Catholics, we must spread our light, the light of Christ, to illuminate this world. But lest we be discouraged, it's important to also keep in mind one very important thing. Even if we aren't fully comfortable just yet, and we still tend to keep our light somewhat under a bushel, know that our dear lord is under that bushel with us he is always there present wherever we may be and the holy spirit will fill us with the grace and courage necessary to let our, our light shine on a lampstand for all to see with trust and faith in god we can indeed allow him to work for us now lastly that final line of this gospel passage can be a bit troubling at first glance what did Jesus mean when he said that to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what will be taken away? Sounds a bit harsh, doesn't it? But if we consider those words in the context of the light analogy, it becomes pretty clear. Our dear Lord is telling us that each one of us has been blessed in a particular way with a special gift or gifts and talents and that these must be used for the glory of God and the benefit of others to bring Christ into the lives of all we encountered in some way. We are not meant to keep these gifts to ourselves. We are not meant to keep them under the lampstand. So let us be confident that by making an effort to share these gifts, these talents, and by using them in such a way as to bring Christ to others through our words actions and examples that our Lord will surely provide us with all the strength we need in order to accomplish this task. And that blame within us will grow even brighter. It will surely increase and more will be given to us. This is our calling. But if we choose rather to keep these gifts to ourselves, to keep our faith a private matter, to keep the flame under the lampstand, surely will eventually be extinguished, and we and those we encounter will be left in the darkness. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Amen. How's it feel? Oh, good. Yeah. And you said prepared very well. I did prepare uh, about five times. I believe Now outcome what we could do then, I think we have time Maybe everyone says one sentence of feedback, you can't get too much into it. Everyone wants to give one sentence and we'll end all our sheets. Injective. Papya, uh, yeah. well what up bid. Puts my chain? Compare and despair. Mm-hmm. Okay,
4: Danielle.
0: Excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm.
3: Thank
0: you. I like the way you were well, well rehearsed, and you
3: definitely spoke for a while before you had any notes. That was really great. Oh, great uh, readings, and hopefully, and your contact with the audience uh, was, for me, was excellent. The way you you reading with the voice. Keep the voice uh, at a level that, that, that we
4: can be able to hear. Well, I think you did a fantastic job. It was awesome. I'm going to give you one piece of construction. The I think you're opening, getting in, giving that personal account of your own about the school's capital. Might be better to say something more than one, but many of
0: us may feel as, if we, as opposed to making the person. Yes. Right. Supposed to, to bring the attention to myself. Correct. And That's a good point. We just think that uh, you know, literally, okay. Right.
2: That's just one thought I had. Right. Very good. Thank, Thank you. In preparation, the balance
4: of oh, Paul, I thought it was very good. Obviously, you
0: know,
2: we really do need to prepare these because. We kept very good eye contact with everyone
0: you we were loud you we were clear the pace was very nice uh just started to it um uh, i like having personalize it if that's very important to do
2: but i don't have the braces i the only thing i heard the same of voice uh while reading the gospel, I used to see a different voice uh for Jesus when he's speaking. And but yeah, I have to be like a uh, good criticism, not really, really bad I
0: thought that was a very phenomenal, I'd tell you very well. Um, your clear message of faith can't be private, private faith is dead, let light shine, beautiful um, image. I would love to hear a little story. About uh, a time to share your faith. About okay. a time you share your faith. Like a, a concrete example, like one time at work, we were talking about confession. I said, You know, I do confession all the time. You know what I mean? Like a little, because I'm kind of thinking, Should I just like bring up Jesus at my office? You know, is that what he wants me to do? And so a little example about a time that you might have shared your faith, and
2: that might have been a good opening to. I want good dynamics.
0: Yeah. Another thing, you might have gone a little too much into the text, you know, and you made an effort to look up. A story is nice because a story, you already know. The story you can like be super engaging and say, there was a time in my office where you know, it, was, it was Ash Wednesday. I walked in with Ash, and someone mean you know, the story, like, because you don't write down, you just write down like Ash Wednesday story. And so story kind of gives you a nice book. Up front, like that the image. Well, my story would have been the opposite, though, it would have been that time I was in the office and this was said, and rather than engage and explain, I voice That question. would have been my story, to be honest. And I regret to, the moment that I missed, you know. correct oh. you cry? Good. Um, Do you need to work a little bit on your proclamation? Did you kiss the gospel? I'm sorry. Did you kiss the gospel? No, I did not. Okay. The uh what I was waiting for in the very beginning was that you would refer to a particular line in the gospel.
4: Candle is not meant, or a lamp is not meant to be put on your position. Okay. okay. So that
1: you
4: keep as you were talking, I wanted to come to bring back, return to the board. So that's the only thing. All right, Paul. Can
1: I?
0: Does so everyone hand all your sheets, please? <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you can uh, cast the die. You can cast lots for the next one on the list.
3: Number
0: one. Okay. Anthony, we'll talk at the break if you have something prepared. Maybe you could share it. Break, I'll, I'll talk
1: with you. Okay, so, I don't. Okay. Anthony, Anthony, yes, Anthony.
2: Uh... Okay, very good.
4: How are you feeling? Hey, how are you, Anthony? Anthony. Yeah. Is you there? I'm here. What the hell is wrong with you?
3: I don't know. You tell me. You're the doctor.
4: I'm not the doctor.
2: I got the right thing to forget my, my glasses. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. But, but, uh,
0: we, I'm trying to create something called similitude. I think in time, we'll do it in our hours. So I want to get as, as close as possible to the experience of, of preaching at mass. So, I would see, think about the prayers that we'll say before you preach, you know. And.
2: The Lord be with you. And with you? A, reading a, a reading from the gospel according to Mark. Lord, Jesus and his disciples came to the other side of the sea in a territory of Zeranissim. When he got out of the boat, at once a man from the tombs who had an unclean spirit met him. The man had been dwelling among the tombs, and no one could restrain him any longer, even with a chain. In fact, he had frequently been bound with shackles and chains. But the chain had been pulled apart by him and the shackles were smashed and no one was strong enough to subdue him night and day among the tombs and on the hillside he was always crying out and bruising himself with stones catching sight of jesus from a distance he ran up and prostrated himself before him crying out in a loud voice what have you to do with me jesus son of the most high god I adjure you, my God, do not torment me. He had been saying to him, unclean spirit, come out of the land. He asked him, what is your name? He replied, "Legion is my name. There are many of us. And he pleaded earnestly with him, not to drive him away from that territory. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there on the hillside, and they pleaded with him Send us to that shrine. Let us enter them. And he led them. And the unclean spirit came out and entered the shrine. The herd of about 2,000 rushed down a steep bank into the sea where they were drowned. The shrine herd ran away and recorded the incident in the town and throughout the countryside. And people came out to see what had happened. As they approached Jesus, they caught sight of the man who had been possessed by Legion, sitting there, clothed in his right hand. And they were seized with fear. Those who witnessed the incident explained to them what had happened, to the possessed man and to the swine. Then they began to beg him to leave their district. As As he was getting him to the boat, the man who had been possessed pleaded to remain with him, but Jesus would not permit him, and, but told him instead Go to your family and announce to them all that the Lord, in his beating, has done for you. Then the man went off and began to proclaim in the decapolis what Jesus had done for him, and all were amazed. The gospel of the Lord. Praise The man had been dwelling among the tombs. Many people are usually dwelling among the tombs, even in our parishes, even as we're sitting here, uh, baptized people that have come to know Jesus, but drifted away from their faith, and are now possessed by many spirits, uh, spirits in in the forms of addiction, addiction of many kinds, even uh, depression, anxiety. Especially nowadays, uh, we see people that are glued to the news, to the TV, overwhelmed with uh, the daily uh, uh, happenings, the daily uh, struggles of life, especially uh, with the disease. Some believe what's going on, some don't. Some, as I say, they have this uh, anxiety, and they go as far as idolizing the anxiety. Loving it so much that they don't want to leave their uh, anxiety. But uh, the one demon that resonates the most with me is the demon of addiction. How many families are nowadays suffering because one of their loved ones, It's it's hooked on one type of drug or another. My family, uh, I remember uh, uh, a son, a brother in law, that had an alcohol addiction and pretty much ruined his life. And personally, I had to go to court and and testify on his behalf. And at that time, he swore that he would not uh, go back to alcohol. But again, Addiction is very strong, and he went right back as soon as he had a chance. But we continue to pray. We continue to pray for him. The whole family continued to pray for him. And yes, he was baptized. He was a son of God. He was a Catholic. He is a Catholic. And I like that the the well the gospel says that the man ran and prostrated himself in. Jesus. And that's what, what really takes our prayers, our constant talking to these people with the many uh, demons, and hoping that one day the addict will run and posture himself into Jesus, and we will see that Jesus will come back and and rip whatever spirit how many how many spirits they are. Also, uh, in today's uh, m- Memorial Day of uh, St. John Vasco, I see a lot of children, a lot of youngsters, with a lot of, with a legion of, of uh, spirits, evil spirits, hooked up to the internet, hooked up to uh, uh, different uh, uh, technology that would not let them sleep, and you see them late at night hooked on this. I like to pray to Saint John Bosco for these children, that they may one day come and prostrate themselves to Jesus and have a chance to rid themselves of this evil spirit. Maybe it was far. One of of the the lines that that really came to me was at the end when he tells when the the person that had their own own unclean spirit wanted to follow Jesus, wanted to stay with Jesus. And we believe, especially us preparing to be uh, deacons, we feel that one has to come and serve fully in the church, give himself fully to the church, to prove that he's following Jesus. But Jesus tells him, go home to your family. And and that's one thing that we have to remember, that once we, we are doing better, we also have a family that, that we have to go back to. And as we keep saying over and over, share our faith and, and our experiences with our families. Brothers and sisters, today we only have brothers. <laughs> uh, I would like to to leave you with this line, so that we can always be willing to, in the name of Jesus, rid of any demons. And may the Lord, who is capable of removing legions of demons, help us always. Amen. Feel about it I didn't have my glasses, so I, I, and I was lazy to go back to the car and get my glasses, so i do my best try to read it. And that made me even more nervous than I'm, I'm usually nervous, but uh, I was told by my priest that even he gets nervous when he's doing the Nerves aren't
0: a bad thing. It's nerves is like your body's. Somatic response to increase your your heart rate and increase your adrenaline. If you don't have nerves, you might not be able to proclaim at, the, at a high level. You know, and like Connors tennis player, he <laughs> said if he's not feeling really nervous, he won't win. You need the adrenaline a little, and you got control. It. Otherwise, it's weird, you know, when you start losing yourself a little bit. But nerves, when you feel that good. All right. I'm gonna use this. It does give you energy boost, you know. Your your body knows, it's our bodies and minds spiritual connected, your body knows this is important and your body is trying to supply you with what you
2: need to proclaim the word. So, yeah, that's part of the part of the The three minutes a rule it's it's very tough me. Yeah, I got kind of I, I, I I have a tendency to talk a lot, so three minutes. In the spot as
0: the Don Bosco, it might have been a little shoehorned in there. Kind of
2: like, where the of this I, 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 I care too much for the children and still teach this to the children. Yeah. They, they, you know, it wasn't like, a
0: abridged event, so I kind of thought it was a little bit kind of shoehorned in there. But I think good dynamics during the proclamation, a we'll little bit of eye contact, but I think it was a little more. I was afraid lost. I see, I see. Well, got to get lost. Nicely. But you kind of put your hands there. And if you do get lost, it's almost a good thing. Because it creates a pause. I get lost all the time reading the text. It's not bad, because it comes off as a thoughtful loss. You know, people aren't thinking, oh, he's lost. They're thinking, oh, he's, he's pausing for the next part. And how do you how do you make up for it then? It's say say you're reading it
2: and you look up and you just forgot where you were. What's your style of doing
0: it? Just find yourself and the key is confidence. Don't like, don't get busy, you know, don't, don't rush. That's the key. When you're when you're preaching, as you probably know, when you're in front of people, time passes so much, so different, you'll, it's very hard to tell, because you have gotta, you to gotta kind of create a muscle that can tell you when five minutes is, when seven is to kind of land a plane. It's hard to tell that when you're preaching. Sometimes, it 15 minutes. You're like, i would gonna five. Um, so you ask I wouldn't worry about it. If you get lost, okay, pick it up. It'll seem like a minute, it'll be three seconds. You know, you can't get that lost, it's in front of you. Mm-hmm. you know? That's why all my homilies recommend this one page. Don't get flipping on us, you know, just one page. Um, you can do that. Some people write the whole thing out. I think it's better to write out bullet points. And if you really like certain phrasings, write the sentence out. But usually, you know, if you get two enough, you get to the point where it's just some bullet points and, and you kind of know what you're gonna say. but I wouldn't stress it, you know, like it, it'll almost always come off as just a thoughtful pause. Just a question, Lucas, you know, man, addiction, Geez, every family that you're preaching at probably has someone in their life, so really, I like how you went right after it, you know, addiction or was your dream life I heard. What if, you know, my brother, he, he goes to mass, he's a good guy, but he's got his hands and alcohol. He loves Jesus, he, you know, he, he did what he said, he says, Lord, take this from me, and yeah, he's a big man, but he still struggles
2: with this. You know, what's, what would you say to someone like me, who has a smile I love? Who- I, I, I had a, a on the bullet points. one of the lines, but as I said, not having the glasses, I was not able to, to really, I went forward with what I remember. He says, there are good people with a legion of unclean spirits. You know, and I was going to elaborate on that. Uh, but yes, uh, my my brother is that perfect example of beautiful. I mean, when I was in front of the judge with him, I, I put on the claim uh, and just busted out. This is a long time ago. Now, I think. It took him about 15 years to really come back and staff. But he did. That's a good and he's been clean, and he's been like a dry for two years now, post the church, goes the confession. You know, right, but anyway, yeah, sometimes, It's not an instantaneous thing.
0: It's a slow release miracle sometimes. (laughs) Um, Something I I mentioned to you Jesus takes a whack for this one. He kills the village economy. Mm -hmm. Two thousand. That that, that, that destroys the economy of the village Um, and the farmers. The Lord, this man, has more value than two thousand sheep. That's kind of the insight I have from this. One sentence feedback, and then we'll give our speech to Lucas. Over here, you want to start this time, Alex? Well, okay. Oh, I think you did very well, Lucas. I love how you, I think you did this last time, too. You really seemed to personalize the gospel reading to your own and scriptures, I like that. Uh, I think you proclaimed it very well, but it was not in the theater. Uh, you know, I really, I really like eye contact when you're looking yeah. up you and
1: speaking.
3: I'm going to have trouble with that tonight, but for um, so I think that was very strong, yeah, so we're all very good, you know, maybe, did you have an outline? if you don't mind? Yes, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's but, uh, no, I'm agreeing really with you and, and Stephen. with the eyes contact, I uh, need more eyes contact the Audience, you know, because every time that you just keep moving your voice also can be you know change and people can understand more clearly because if you go like this your voice uh, t- take a uh, like thing to go down and, and people what did he it say what did, you know. it's like uh, they're uh, really yeah.
0: yeah. Just give you a little thing for that. the eye contact is for everybody. Um, sometimes I'll start a gospel just by looking just looking around, kind of gather them with your your vision. The eye contact is so powerful. It's it's like a it's like a it's a, it's like dynamite, you know. And if you just kind of begin, like take a deep breath and just look around, it's kind of it kind of creates. I don't know how to call it, like a web between you and the, and the congregation, you know, and then you had your first sentence.
4: Um, yeah, Sorry. by yeah. Doug? Lucas, I thought I was looking at you <clears throat> because I know you're wearing your glasses and you did a fantastic job proclaiming the Constitution that was together. I'm like, well, that, understand, you know, your glasses don't just make it other ways, but when you started speaking, I connected to the My passion, your sincerity, credibility, very uh,
0: strong. It was just as if you were talking to us, uh, passionately believing what you said, and you were having a conversation with us and telling us story, telling your point to us. We're reading off that mind reminded me of a priest we had many years ago in my marriage, a young priest, and he would come with 10 pages, and he would read, and nobody uh, was talking about, we didn't care, we just tired and not go to sleep. But as soon as the pastor told him, "Throw it away and just speak, he was amazing, and, and we were, we were riveted, and I was constantly paying attention to you because you were just talking to me from your heart, and I loved it. It's a good insight, Paul. Uh, I bet he right? Who's yeah. When you come out of seminary, you're so used to writing essays, which in a way is a whole different. A homily is for the ear, no one's going to see your text, where an essay is for the eye. So it's a whole different thing. So when we come out of seminary, you're used to writing theological essays, which is a whole different genre than the homily. Oh. It's Again, you were reliving your pain, I could feel it, that made it so legitimate incredible. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Kind
1: of
0: in that witness category, or wasn't the
3: four categories, like the witness category. Hey. Lucas, you've written very good, very good energy. Mm-hmm. I can't no? Um, I like the different samples. And the 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 reading, different different examples. Very good.
0: Excellent. Your, your reading was good, but as soon as you walked away from it, it came from the heart. That's when it that's when you made contact. You. Lucas, I bet you're a pretty funny guy. Would your friend say you're funny? They a dry jokes. <laughs> 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 Kind of I am funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I with that. <laughs> I, I'm just getting the impression
2: I think you're pretty funny. I didn't
0: hear a single
2: like chiste or a single like. You know, looking about. Uh, it was hard to throw in something. Yeah, I'm just saying, don't be afraid. Three minutes. <laughs> we're we're used in Spanish. We we preach for a half hour. <laughs> What's the last like? Mm-hmm. It, it's a it's an hour, but half of half of that hour is it's the mm-hmm. the Well
0: I'm trying to say don't be afraid to use your humor. I am pretty sure you got some and it's not about joke, jokes, guys. Like, it can't, it can't, can't. <laughs> right,
2: I think he the translation I try, but yeah, it's
0: it, not about it jokes, it. like eighty year old priest tell like Don't do that Let's read. But it's not like crazy image. Like, so the Lord shows up and throws two thousand uh, swine off a cliff. That's all you gotta say. It's just a funny scene, you know. And and um, it, you know, don't do like a joke. Like these guys walking to a bar. Don't do that. But just just talking about the gospels is hilarious. Like it's it's so unusual anyway. And I think you got some humor here. i can hold it down this surface.
3: Alright, I'm like that here, um, But look what should be the meaning of time the meaning. So yesterday, but the,
0: I told some of the guys here, I, no one's ever complained about a homily being too short. Um the number one complaint about homilies, they want to guess what it is? Mm-hmm. You betcha. Um I don't know. I tell you, I, I heard the most a homily I can I can repeat a homily verbatim. I heard over 15 years ago when Father Joe Visigliano, he's a Monsignor, he passed away about a year and a half ago from COVID. Um, I can tell you exactly what he said. It was a daily anomaly. It was the Sheep and the goats, Matthew 25. Um, and he said, he finished the gospel and said, the sheep, the sheep or the goats, which do you want to be? And he sat down. I remember! Jeffrey, is the Easter Vigil. Joe Yes. Did you know him? Yeah, he was like, okay. The original. Uh, is that Okay. I okay. it was He just got up and just said, He is risen. That's it. <laughs> it says it all. If you're reading the guidance in the germ, in the order on Easter, like Vigil Homilies, it says something like a minimal amount of time because you have baptisms so and the Occupations, candle. So you really got to be careful with the historical homily, seven readings prior to it. So yeah. These are something the Now, was it the best homily in the world? Maybe not. But I've heard a lot of good homilies. I can't remember. I can remember that one. So thank you, Lucas.
4: Uh, okay. Hey. You
0: know. Three. Three. Yeah. No OK, done. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Oh, you to do the oh, oh. Yeah. 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 Lucas? a yeah. well Good job, Lucas.
2: You made it easier, but he's a prank my <laughs> oh. left. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if he would like gradually increase like, the standards, he's like right after him. Yeah. I thought so he <coughs> They <to> go ahead and go back.
2: They go to the same Irish school, so.
0: Hello? You're a,
2: yeah. I'll be
0: there for confirmation uh, program. Oh, okay, yeah, coming not- up.
4: The Lord be with you and with your spirit a reading from the holy gospel according to mark Glory to you, Lord. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits he instructed them to take nothing nothing for the journey but a walking stick no food no sack no money no money in their belts they were however to wear sandals not a second too. He said to them, "Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave. Whatever place does not welcome you or listen to you, leave there and shake the dust off your feet in testimony against them." So they went off and preached repentance. The twelve drove out many demons, and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. (coughs) Praise to the Lord Jesus. Good evening, brothers. Trust in the Lord, always trust in the Lord, through thick and thin. Jesus here told his apostles to go out in pairs, two by two, preaching the good news, expelling demons, healing the sick. And bringing people to Christ. And they were directed to go with nothing but a single tunic, sandals, and a walking stick. They're to trust in God who will provide for them for all of their needs while they're on this journey and mission. The very short gospel passage Jesus begins by summoning the twelve. This is a command. He's saying, Come here. I have something very important to share with you. We call earlier in Galilee in Mark's Gospel, Jesus summons Simon and Amy. Jesus says, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they abandon their nets and follow. And later, James and John, in their boat, mending their nets. And Jesus called to them and they left their father in the boat and followed Jesus. A few observations. Again, Mark shares with us that Jesus was now sending the 12 out on a mission in pairs, to preach the gospel, to drive out demons, to heal the sick and the lame. He's sending all 12, no one is excused from the mission. And they're sent in pairs, no doubt to encourage and support one another in mind, and spirit. And again, this is no suggestion, but it's a clear direct from Jesus. No bread, no beggar's bag, no money. Now, other traveling missionaries and philosophers and preachers at the time carried all these items. So we could read this to suggest that Jesus clearly wants to distinguish his disciples from those others, preaching, selling things talk, no change of clothes, no second tune. This underscores a real eschatological urgency for their mission. There's no time to waste. Go and preach and heal and cure and spread the good news. And it underscores more than anything else our need to trust in God. Provide for us as he's provided for his apostles and disciples. He's emphasizing for us here a turning inward to go away from the material things of the world. They're not necessary for salvation, they're distractions from our calling and distractions from our mission. We see here Jesus leaves these men with no resources whatsoever but their faith in God, their trust in God, and their trust in other people and his divine providence. So what's the message for us here today? Well, the message is the same today as it was yesterday and as it will be tomorrow. It's the very same message. We have been called at our baptism to be followers of Jesus Christ. It's a personal calling directed to each one of us, humanly, individually, individually, and as a church together. So ask how have we responded so far? Reflect for a moment. And how am I going to respond tomorrow to this personal call? Are we going to abandon our nets? Are we going to leave our Father, like James and John? And immediately take up the mission. So these earlier passages, they remind us of the need to set the things of this world aside, as we carry out this discipleship. We need to witness to our family, our friends, our co-workers, and even the strangers we encounter in our daily lives. Witness to Christ, our mission. What have we done with this call that was are What are we prepared to do now? <clears throat> Is the allure of worldly things, possessions, pain, fortune, status, even our old age or health, do we feel it's holding us back? We all have a contribution to make, we've all baptized. happened of course i remember that but <clears throat> this is my wrap up the more we know the more we owe right and the more we have the more we must share right and this speaks not just to resources but to knowledge faith to talents to to skills so what do we do tomorrow trust in the lord always because he'll provide for us Trust in the Lord, especially when darkness, despair, and suffering, and all sorts of setbacks move front and center in our lives. For Your love and Your grace is enough for me. Well done, uh, how did it, feel? it felt good until I lost my papers. <clears throat> How many papers you got there, man? Well, you know, I have the gospel, which I didn't need. That was only three sentences. And then I have bad eyesight, so I have four pages. Oh, he had a bigger bond. Three and a a half half half. pages, yeah. So the trick is one thing. that's what I recommend. And the
0: interesting thing was, I didn't really see him. What do the text? Did anyone see him that was the text? It seemed like you didn't really need it. Um, He probably could have gotten away with just a few sentences and a couple of words.
4: I'll give you a couple of personal accounting. Um, I was a trial lawyer for many years. And um, I only use the papers as a crutch, typically. I usually don't refer to them. But when I don't refer to the papers, who said they had to talk to me? I could have gone on for 10 minutes.
0: That's a great insight. <clears throat> Going along is the sign of lack of preparation. You might think the opposite. Oh. The more you prepare, the more you have. That's not true. Going long, getting kind of rambly, adding in third or fourth, it's very tempting. This is like resist that, this temptation. But all of a sudden, you are preaching, it'll occur to you. Oh, I should mention a blessed mother. Mm. Not at all part of this gospel, you know. Resist that temptation. I guess it could be the Holy Spirit. Most times it will not help your heart. I don't want to count the Holy Spirit. And most times, if you prayed about this all week, you focused about this, you asked the Lord to guide you, be confident that the Holy Spirit's worked in the previous week. Um, once in a while, I'll sit in a chair, like during the readings, i school ooh, maybe I'll say this. When well, I do say it, I usually regret it. It doesn't help humble.
4: I had something I wanted to show you. Um... And I should have thought of this before tonight. So just last night at Mass, five o'clock, are you going to give him Father Ryan? Yeah, he they do, He's can kind of a St. Patrick. Yeah. Wonderful priest, wonderful hands and that is going to be. But I noticed what he does, because I went up on the altar to put the candles out and everything the mass. He has like a folio that's very thin. It's made of very hard cardboard. It's something you'd almost put a diploma in. But it's double-sided. And he opens it up, on the anvil, and he leaves it there. And when he speaks, you don't even know he has notes because he's got the two pages if he, like I just said, if he feels the need to say something or find something, it's there. But I notice very rarely does he even look down. So I'm thinking instead of shuffling papers, right, doing something like that. In this case,
0: the anvil here is so small Usually, you will have twice that space for parish. Mm-hmm. Well, But still, I guess, same principle, you know. What? Great clarity, good eye contact. Sincerity, I thought this was, was very good. Mm-hmm. I'm just, a little thing. We talk about mending boats or mending magazines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking, hey, you know what the word act out means? Like, in theater, something out, just sort of take us into that scene. So there they are, you know, fishing with their dad, and you kind of just use a little gesture to bring us into the scene a little bit. It's something I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. There's some richness there. Doug, I thought you were gonna land it perfectly. You no, know, you a great line. No one is excused. I might even repeat that twice or three times because that was a, that was potent. Then you kind of came up, but I thought you were going to land the plane. Okay, like a baptism, you know, you're, we're all part of the body of Christ. We're, no one's excused from a mission. And you said, but oh, the worldly allurements. And I was like, I oh, always don't allurements. You could have landed there. I don't think what you afterwards helped. I think you could have had a nice, um, the more we know, the more we know. That's a nice line, too. How many uh, people in your parish know what the word? Eschatological means, oh, these guys, these yeah, guys. We <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm getting still on the point oh, side. But another good point, the, was, the uh, homilies, "For the homilies, I know it's worth, we're in a certain setting, but write your homily for your parish. But if you use like that
3: one, you, you, you can explain what it is in the I,
0: I guess you could, uh, or if you just say yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, or the urgency of the mission or you know, second coming. You probably could, but there's probably a ten cent word instead of a five dollar word. It may something very similar. Uh,
4: so before you guys talk, I want to echo something that Father said, which is so true. I just mentioned who you guys knew this, but he trying to case for twenty five years. But when we talk to jurors after the case, I found out Jesus, because they tell you what you want to hear. You hear me? How did it go? Oh, went great. Oh, you were wonderful, right? Well, what did I do wrong? Well, no, everything was great. Meanwhile, you're looking for constructive feedback, and you're getting none because everybody's afraid to person. So I'm a big fan of what he just said, just in case you're wondering. I think we can all help each other together by being candid. And we all have different approaches to these things. We can't be people we're not, okay? We all have to be ourselves, but at the same time, we can contribute to each other's growth, so that's so, so hit me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have had so many papers. You were shuffling them.
0: Well, you say that, way. I mean, I'm not going to repeat the thing. <laughs> Keep it to a sentence or two,
2: guys, but I think you are going to Keep it to a sentence or two. You did an excellent job and you know your mistakes. So I'm happy with the way you presented yourself. And I know you're a lawyer, so I got that right away. Thank you. I don't, I don't know if I can really come well up with any. There are many. And I thought everything was good, both yeah. of Yeah. No. But yeah. The papers I'm not going to do that too. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. Conference. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> <laughs> Uh n nothing you should we should all
0: show that right. not show up, but just at that. I think that can come up a lot. Sometimes your voice tone will
4: be a little world and people know. Yeah, maybe that's uh, Kind of dropped off? Yeah, a little bit. Or if you sort the No, I mean that as Father said that
0: could work, but it, it wasn't intentional,
4: so it meant I just dropped off, which is not good.
0: I mean, the guy total construction here is you have such a soothing voice and I just felt your head movements were very authoritative. So, it, it, and that's probably because of nerves. If you would match that soothing voice with soothing head movements, I think that would be perfect. So yeah. And it just because I mean, think that you're used to making that point in court. The only thing I had was the tone, uh, more of beat, I think.
4: A little more,
0: yeah. But positive is how you started your hobby. Trust in the Lord. Uh, You got my attention, and then all of a sudden you went through somewhat line by line to to a degree, going over, kind of explaining, and sort of possibly through it a little bit more. And then you circle around at the end, and you have to finish with trust again. I like that a lot. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you.
3: Buena proclamación.
2: Good proclamation. Seguridad. You Dominio del tema. You dominated the, the topic.
3: Eh, buen eh, el énfasis y, 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 y los ademanes. Y la buena mirada hacía que la gente se mantuviera so are looking sí.
0: Excellent. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Give me a shake to Doug. Take Doug. Thank you. And Doug, do you want to roll it? You don't need the ground, okay? Well, mm-hmm. Number seven. Seven already go? Thanks, a little. sir. Yeah. Well done. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. you, can, you can hear 10 preachers, 100 preachers on the same test. It's all know, different. It's a, it's a, there's nothing like it's a not 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 Can you imagine being English teacher talking about Moby Dick? Who cares? <laughs> no one's ever read Moby Dick and it changed their life. But billions so. of people have had an encounter with the word changed them fundamentally. I mean, if English teachers, can work up enthusiasm for scarlet letter and uh, of mice and men. How much more can we for the word of God? The easiest job in the world is talking about the word of God. There's a million ways to, to crack it open and release power. May the Lord be with you. A reading from the Gospel of oh. Paul. Jesus said to his disciples, Is there a lamp brought in to be placed under a basket or under a bed, and not to be placed on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be made visible; nothing is secret except to come to the light. Anyone here, anyone who has ears to hear, ought to hear. He also told them, Take care of what you hear. The measure in which you measure will be the measure out to you, and still more will be given to you. To so the one who has, more will be given. And the one who has not, everything what he has will be taken away. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Is this uh, passage a little confusing? Does anyone here in the passage cause you to think about it? How might you reflect on the passage in your own life? maybe you understood it only a little but that's okay jesus is telling you that's fine because you are listening anyone who has ears to hear ought to hear partial understanding to those more will be given and that's a greater understanding obviously those who cannot understand will lose everything the bible itself can lend a hand in understanding scripture for example matthew's version the lamp under a basket can be found in chapter 5, verse 14 to 16, as read as follows. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand. and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that you may see your good works, and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Does that add clarity to Mark's version? Some theologians said Jesus used humor in his preaching. I read a line where putting a lamp under a bushel may have brought great laughter from the crowd. I would imagine a dusty town of ancient Israel. Comedy did not have to be that good in order to generate a few laughs. But once Jesus had the crowd laughing, then he had their full attention. We can all agree on one thing. Jesus was a master at public speaking, and in all public speaking, there is normally a ice-breaking joke. Brothers, we are the light of Jesus. We don't have to burn torches. We simply have to remove the basket that is blocking our light. People should see the light of Jesus in the way we live our lives. We were all baptized pre-
2: great
0: priest, prophet, and king. We made a baptismal promise to become the lights of Christ. How do we remove the baskets that shield our light? Kate Morton, an award-winning author, described this into a letter she wrote to her very young daughter, who was full with anxiety caused by social pres- uh, pressures. And this is a letter in part. Here's a couple of things I've learned on the way that you might find useful in the coming years. The main thing is just to be nice, just resolve to shine constantly and steady, steady. Like a warm lamp in the corner, and people will want to move towards you in order to feel happy and to read things more clearly. You will be bright and constant in a world of dark and flux, and this will save you anxiety and other, unless satisfying things like being cool or being more successful than anyone else. Morgan's letter is a modern take on Jesus' masterful words Take the basket off. And let the light of Christ shine on you. Sinners are groping in the dark, but because of Christ we have saved, we are saved and transformed into lamps, lighting the way light for people to know Christ and be saved by him. Your light is shining. Always strive to clear anything that dampens your radiance. Christ, may Christ always be with you. first step <laughs> me what we've more. me like uh, done read the first paragraph? Sure. Or, this time do it really slow. When you ask the question, you can't just keep talking. You have to pause because I'm presuming you want us to like if you ask the question in the first uh, two sentences there. Yes. So after you say it, pause because it helps us Think about what you just asked us to do. So read the first uh, sure. paragraph or so. So do it really slowly. you go way too fast. Yeah, some of uh, the issues I have. My wife says I sound like I step on the brakes and I realize I go too fast and I stop, I take a breath and then I keep going. But
2: that seems to calm down my
0: hyperactivity. it uh, a shot, but this time slower. All right. Is this passage a little confusing to anyone? Does hearing the gospel passage cause you to think about it? How might it reflect on your life? Maybe you understood it only a little. Well, Jesus is telling you it's okay because you are listening. That's a nice, that's a nice opening. Do it again, but this time put some juice into it. Is this passage confusing? Right, well, I left out my joke for you. Was that a jokey joke? I mean, a yes. Joke? It was. What was it? I'll have to leave it there. I'll uh, Jesus was a masterful public speaker. In all public speaking, there's normally an icebreaker. Did you hear about the apostle who called in sick? Jesus said, You're cured. Bye bye, what I, what, what I found fascinating researching this is I definitely stumbled on the pa- fact that it is possible that Jesus used humor in his preaching. I'm certain. Right. So I can't picture Jesus being humorous because I always picture him all this cloud. But then again, then you have the wedding. I came in, and he was making wine and then. You have he's, always had, say, he's always hanging out with the drunks. Yes, he's a you guy's party. And they i food. <laughs> I think his best bit, like his most comedic image, is plant in your your own eye. Right, that's hilarious. Yes. Here you are trying to get the speck out of your neighbor's eye. You got a two by four in your own. Yes. That's funny. Yes. It's a funny image. to think of someone with a big piece of wood in their head. You know, that's just like a funny thing. Wow. So anyway, yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah. also humor is just part of. It's like exaggeration is humor. You know, he loved to exaggerate and use hyperbole. One more time, get awesome. some juice and, and say it slowly because we've got some good stuff here. We're kind of running through it. it your body. Yeah, yeah. Is this passage a little confusing to anyone? Mm-hmm. Does hearing this gospel passage cause you to think about it? How might it reflect on your life? Maybe you understood it only a little. Well, Jesus is telling you. That is okay, <clears throat> because you are listening. same. I think going slow me a big Oh, yeah, i, I yeah. got to work on that. When the, uh, car, when the car was in church, I literally just contended I was reading as slow as I could, and everybody said I was at normal speed. <laughs> that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> I, I find it's almost impossible to go too slowly. It can be done, but it's very hard. It's very, very easy to go too fast. And so something happens. Sometimes we get some, like based on the bike of stick, we want out. We're halfway through our homily and something kind of triggers and we just look down and you just kind of zoom out of there. So we resist that. The way you just said it, I thought was a good, good pace. Yeah, we're going
2: too fast, but the I had to redo it just now, it was perfect. And you got to
0: relax. Oh, I know that. I, I definitely have hyperactivity. I know that.
4: Uh, I can relate So I not say. That could be an asset, having some
0: hyperactivity. But if you kind of get dramatic, that feels like you're really engaging. Like if you were saying, say, gee, is this passage confusing? What does this mean? What does it mean to the apostles? What does it mean to you? You can use your, you know what I mean? That's right. I, I think I'll be very good at free speaking I think uh, reading has always been, uh, goes back to my elementary school. Who told you to read? <laughs> now, All right. Right. I, mentally, I'm definitely gonna have points next time, so I'm even, like I love the way Doug did his. Everyone's a little different. That's what I kind of <laughs> suggest is, I think sometimes it's easy to get here. Because if you're here, you're not here. Right. Great. Yeah. And also uh, my brother, you're doing very good, no, never. Um, very good job. Excellent. New preparation, baby. Thank you. I uh, like the questions. Because when you ask the questions, now, now I can take. Huh. I, 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 I did have a question about that. Yes, yeah, so well you recognize that I'm not alone out here. I need a big
4: dummy. So I kinda like that. Uh, yeah, I put in your um, homily delivery, you can it for whatever reason. I saw side of you, i have never seen. It. <laughs> yeah, not, not that I didn't take you with a passion, you seem um, soft, you know, I mean um, yeah. Oh well, not that <laughs> You know,
0: with a little vulnerability, which I think uh, brings people to feel connected. You like it regarding the church. I love giving verse I can't stand it. Just because I just get too like. My first time I ever read the words turned into Cyrillic. Like, could I couldn't even read. But it was just like I'm looking at the words, going. <laughs> but, you know, you get used to it. It's bound to happen when you started out. Right. Oh, no, I've gotten better. The teaching is helps, so. Some things you just practice. It's so interesting you mention that. St. Cyril is the inventor of the Cyrillic alphabet. Really? What yeah. created, St. Cyril, apostle to Russia, who was called Russia at that time period, um, invented the Cyrillic alphabet to translate the Gospels. Oh, that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um about so see. Um, I'm going to have the same issue. Uh, I think hearing Paul that he reverse five times, and, you know, it's really important to rehearse. And I'm, I'm on reverse tonight as well. So but not that you were it, but I, I, you know, better eye contact. I think when you reverse the eye contact becomes much easier. At least <coughs> more confidence. So eye contact. Um I mean I wouldn't did a really good job um you know with this gospel. I was really just eye contact and um, you know I think it's just rehearsal here.
3: we could say the same to the Again, I found and, but I was also, uh, if you can correct me on that, it, it's, it's also I see in most of the presentations today, and I see in church, some people when they're going to preach or the risk uh, or deep, they, they stay staying, you know, like, I'm here, I'm gonna preach here. Yeah. And you, you, you have to feel kind of relaxing, even though your voice, uh, you have to keep, uh, a, 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 but it's, it's, it's that people feel comfortable also that uh, you you know that even even though if you know sorry but you, you you feel comfortable with it and you make the the body uh, feel also comfortable. I don't know if I'm, I'm right or wrong. I think you're right. People always generally.
0: When you're in front of people, you share the emotion. So, if you are nervous, they're going to be nervous. If you're having fun, we're going to be having fun. I I tell myself, you know, when I'm getting ready to go, and maybe I'm not feeling like I have the best stuff that day, I say, I got something to say, and where I am, that's the place to be. I may not feel like that, but I can kind of say, where I am, that's the place to be. I got something to say. Because, uh, yeah, if you get tight, they'll get tight. But if you're bored, they'll be bored. But if you're into it, it's irresistible almost. When someone's really gonna it's almost irresistible. I
2: I'm glad to say before last, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I talk to Dan a lot. You know, I'm always calling you, or you're calling me. You. I, I know that you could do a lot better than, than like the way you presented whatever it was that you're reading. I had a hard time following your reading. So I don't think you prayed enough before you went up there or before you prepared for it. Right. I was told that, that praying it, it's more important to, to the homily or to preaching than, than the research itself. Right. So pray more and don't read so much. And be yourself. Mm-hmm. I've seen you do a great presentation when we were getting together at Jones uh, parish. Right. I mean you did excellent and I was surprised to see this.
0: Thank you, appreciate that. The prayer is so important. So, in here, a couple of sentences I wanted to ask you about. Is, um said sinners grow in darkness said, I got that. Line off the <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? They grope in the darkness, meaning They they just they're mm-hmm. groping around. This is groping. I know what groping is, but I'm a sinner. We're all sinners, you know. like well, they don't have the light. We well, have to be the light that brings them to us, so that we can bring them to Jesus. I
2: like we're
0: all sinners. You know what I mean? Like some of us are worse about it. <laughs> 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 like, some of us, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have like. I, I want to ask you about those who cannot understand lose everything, what does that mean? Oh that was just a, a, a paraphrase from the, uh, the last slide of the gospel reading. Um, to those who have, to the ones who have will be given, to the ones who have not will have everything taken away. Okay, well yeah, you're going to step something like that, It's kind of hard to understand. Those who can't understand will lose everything.
2: I to take from that that just because someone's like, don't no, get I mean, it. I
0: thought mean, be- no, it was more more specific than that when I said um, to those who to those more will be given a greater understanding. Obviously, those who care not to understand will lose everything. Okay, what well, you just said there was a little better. And at some point, did you insult the comedic taste of the Israelites? Well, well, that's I mean, could you imagine what it'd be like back in the old days? You say anything. Remotely funny, someone's gonna laugh. I mean, it's not like you know, America's Got Talent. If you say <laughs> something like, "Can you imagine someone put a lamp under a basket?" That's supposed to be a funny line. All right. Uh, I don't know. I kind of see <laughs> <You know, laughs> what. You know, somebody goes. Oh, well, that was Jesus' icebreaker. You know, who would put a lamp under a basket? Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> you know. I got you. All right. I gave you points for the Kate Morgan. Nice, nice feature of bringing in. That's play a really great play. letter, too, uh, to look it up. Well done, Dan. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> hey, hey, Anthony, how are you? God, God bless. Yet, and we'll extend uh, the sit. standoff. Let's take a, a, let's take a okay, let's back in our seats, and we'll go. Okay. See,
2: I'm gonna, Anthony, I'm going to go off for and go back in five, okay? Okay. Or, you want, or should I keep it on?
3: That's up to you.
2: Yeah, I'll keep it on. Okay. It's easier that way for me. Okay. The sound and everything is good, Anthony?
3: Yeah, it's all good. All right. Thanks. No problem.
4: preparation helps. You
0: don't Right. But you don't want to be too into your chance. Right. You have to get a little flow. But I don't think Jesus was humorous. I think he was sarcastic. That's a kind of humor.
4: You know, hypocrites, you brutal vipers.
0: He uses hyperbole a lot, you know. And I I think he must have been like a said, Nobody follows someone who's not funny. You know what I mean? Like, well, oh, the, 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 he can read that once, he can read their once, so he didn't do a thinking. Yeah? Yeah? Like I said to a priest one time, he's like, you think so? He married them. Well, it does say a couple of gospel pastors, he knew what they were thinking. Yeah, what they were thinking. Think about it. The most complex thing they could agree was taking a We don't have that advantage, do we? No, we don't. Well, sometimes some people know how to read a room. I think the Lord must have been very funny. Humor is God's say the people look funny? I'm going to say things as be with you with your spirit a reading from the holy gospel according to mark to you, on that day as evening drew on jesus said to his disciples let us cross to the other side leaving the crowd they took jesus with them in the boat just as he was and other boats were with him a violent squall came up and waves were breaking over the boat so that it was already filling up. Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. They woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Quiet, be still. The wind ceased, and there was great calm. Then he asked them, why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? They were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this whom even the wind and O sea and the sea obey? The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Come, Holy Spirit, fill me with your wisdom. Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? Using the word still is surprising here. Up until this point, after all the parables Jesus had taught, after all the people he had freed from demonic oppression, the disciples that still did not know who he was, and their faith was little, if any. Where was their faith? I have a friend Vinny, he was actually here in the diaconate formation program. He was ordained a few years ago, maybe like four years ago. When Vinny was in his second year, his wife was diagnosed with cancer. And I'll never forget this story. Vinny quickly decided that he would leave the program so that he could take care of his wife. But his wife responded, no Vin. You are exactly where you need to be. You must continue on this journey and pray for our family. So Vinny stayed in the program, and his and his wife attended the weekly diaconate masses in support of Vinny. Unfortunately, shortly thereafter, God called Vinny's wife home, where she now rests with the Lord. In today's gospel reading, we do not find the disciples having as much faith as Vinny's wife did. Even though a good number of the disciples were fishermen, who I'm sure experienced squalls before, they still became terrified as the violent storm attempted to sink their boat. Out of fear that they would perish, they woke up Jesus, who was sleeping through the squall, and asked, do you not care that we are perishing? A very reasonable question, to which Jesus does not assure that everything will be okay, but he quickly rebukes the wind and commands the sea to be quiet, be still. This same action and language is used in Mark 1.21, where he drives out a demon. Upon Jesus' command, a great calm comes over the sea. Order is established. And the storm is driven away and the wondrous order of creation is restored. But yet, where is the disciples faith? Vinnie's wife understood what faith is. She trusted in the Lord that Vinnie needed to continue his journey. Despite her horrific diagnosis, she simply trusted in the Lord. My brothers. We all have fears. Each day when I awake and as I lay still in bed, I look to heaven and I say to Jesus, I need you. I cannot get through this day without you. I then hit my knees and pray at the side of my bed for Jesus to to take my fear from me. Last week I spoke of how if we went to the foot of the cross, Jesus would shoulder all of our sins and forgive us, and we could start anew. But Jesus can also take all of our fears away. He can calm the storms in our lives, and he can restore us to sanity. We must simply learn to trust in the Lord. How do we do this, you might ask? Pray, my brothers, we must pray unceasingly. At our baptism, We are given the gift of faith, but this faith must increase through prayer, participation in the mass, daily if you can, the sacrament of reconciliation and trusting in the Lord. I even suggest the rosary. Last week, our brother Paul spoke of Mary at the wedding of Cana, where she told the waiters, do whatever he tells you. Thus, Through the Rosary and by meditating on its mysteries, Mary, our Blessed Mother, will lead us to Christ, and this will help to increase our faith. So for today, my brothers, let us offer this prayer. Lord Jesus, we ask you to take away all of our fears. Relieve us from the bondage that fear can have over us and calm the rough waters and the heavy winds in our lives as we place all of our trust in you. Amen. God bless all of you, and all those you love. I, I, you. And I just wish I rehearsed more. And you know, I before I was, I mean, starting off with, um, starting off with, uh, be quiet, be still, or well, why are you afraid that there's still no faith? That wasn't my start. I just couldn't So, you know, I really needed to, I needed to do, I think, a better job organizing it and just rehearsing it. What would you have done differently? I think I would have, you know, Deacon Orlando mentioned earlier, and I think I kind of liked it because I was going to, I was starting off with, I have a friend, my, 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 um, probably was starting off with I have a friend Vinny who was ordained a few years ago and I'm going to start off with that story but I think I kind of liked starting off with why are you afraid have you still no faith just as an attention getter um, I think I read this on Saturday maybe and I did have um, some other thoughts in mind of how I was going to start it and talking about football and the NFL I was going to actually try to start off a little bit funny with something like that I guess I'm glad I didn't do that, but um, if I watched too much <laughs> But you know, I, I, I felt, it didn't feel bad. I just wish, to Paul's point, I think you really need to rehearse these things. I'm a reader in my parish, and when I read, I rehearse a lot. I really do. You know, <clears throat> to the point where I almost could look up at times and, and just say the words. You know, without. Um, so I just wish I had rehearsed one. So what I do, everyone's I a little different, but I go for walks certain day. Mm-hmm. and I'll kind of go through my holiday a couple times, and it actually kind of excites me. Ooh, that's going to be a juicy bit, you know, and, and I'm I'll, I'll, like, ooh, you no, know? and then just kind of realize, man, that part's not really supporting my main pieces, and, and so when you kind of think it through, here's how I talk to myself, you know, I'm just kind of like what well, it's like hear the words coming from my mouth. I'm going to pace it. That's kind of what I do. I I don't really like sitting down too much. I kind of like standing and and walking and going through it. One thing I was going to mention to you, I thought it was a good opening. I thought you might have played with the word still. Because Jesus commands. What's the gospel say? Be still, be quiet. Yes, be still. He kind of said. He says uh, quiet. Been focused on still, but in the um, him saying to, to the disciples, What's the actual words? Have you still no faith or something? Have you still no faith? I think you might have played with that still. still. should have played more with it. Well, I'm not saying you should have or shouldn't. I, I think, okay. But you know, like, plays are being focused on still. He's getting some clever here but still. So uh, I'm actually going to see you. Know, We sometimes think of our homily in terms of the the text. Another way to think about it is in terms of emotional waves and troughs. Next time you write your homily, think about the high point emotionally of your your homily. Now you need a troughs too, because the troughs accentuate the waves and also the troughs is usually where you have like an explanatory or teaching bit, you know, Your way you can't be, and the rosary is the, the way of prayer without ceasing, you know. Like, that, that's more in your prayer without ceasing is kind of your way. And then you explain it by daily mass, confession. You know what I'm saying? Maybe next time you're for next week's homily, maybe underline like I would suggest two emotional high points, you know, kind of underline that and think about like you as a wave, like putting emotion into that, and then kind of coming back a little bit for the some explanation. Yeah, I think it's a little more a couple of waves would I think okay. it's a little more engaging. I mean, I think prepared very well. I'm sorry. Real life story.
2: Sorry about the faith of things like always lying. Steve, you should be uh, more confident about yourself. You did an excellent job. I really think your presentation was the best so far tonight. Uh, You did a great job. It was easy for me to follow. You were very uh, animated. You did an excellent job, Steve. Uh, I don't know about the praying out loud to the Holy Spirit before you start preaching, I don't know about uh, that, okay. but uh, as I said, yeah, the delivery was perfect.
0: Thanks. I thought about that too with prayer. I guess I did. not think I should say it to myself. I guess mm-hmm. sort of my reaction was I had never seen anyone do that before. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's bad or good, like, I just think like I've seen a lot of preachers, but… Uh, Father Thomas told me he used to do something. Yeah. I don't know if, if she's turning You know, I would say it feels natural, go with it, but uh, it's starting to be like unusual. unusual. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank
3: you. Too. Excellent, excellent presentation, and also you engaged with the with the, with the story. I really, I really feel that the story that the wife uh put mm-hmm. over.
0: Well, are stories which to you instead of modeling? Did you guys read the, uh, the chapter, the uh, first pages of, uh, it talks a about it. You should use stories when it's good to use stories. And you shouldn't use stories when it's that, when you shouldn't use stories. I think there are some preachers, deacons yeah. and priests, who they learned when they were in a class like this, you've got to have a story. you got to have a joke. I don't think that's true. There are times when you desperately need <coughs> concrete examples because, um, geez, but there are times when the text is begging for a story, you know, to contemporize kind of it. There are times when it's not. So you know, like, they use a story when you shoot a story. Okay. Um, I just remember when we were on a retreat, I don't know if you remember, I remember Father Romano. Saying he didn't like stories because you shouldn't have to use a story to, you know, explain the word of God, and it, that kind of made sense to me. But I kind of love stories. So. Father and, and he also said that every homily you do, make sure you quote the catechism, mm-hmm. because the only time most people sitting in that pews will learn, because it's not like they can run home and read it. I thought you would like stories. Jesus of Nazareth, he told 40 parables. The bulk of his preaching is story Uh,
4: Yes, Steve, I tell you, I thought something. Your proclamation of the gospel, and now watching the two of you and us interact, you're a different person. So when you're preaching. Yourself. Mm. Yeah. I mean it's yes. easy to say. It's you know, easy to say relax. You, right. Would right. Be be so relaxing. Relaxing. you would be as comfortable or close to as comfortable as you are interacting with us while you're delivering on I mean with break anyway. But so you make the same person for the breaking and for the homeland. But now true. we
0: see a totally different side. face. Yeah, do your kids' friends like you? They do. I bet they do. They something do. about they you do. is very like, do. do. Something about you is like a, a likable personality. I can't explain it more than that. But if I can see your kids like, Oh yeah, you're your dad's cool, your dad's nice guy, you're like your dad. Look, you got a good personality. That's a good Ask. Oh well, thank you. Thanks, Doug. That was good. You're right. I tend to tense off but
4: Right.
0: I don't see Just eating yourself. Right. I know the name. Of the, the, the benefit of this is to be a the, the of criticism, and I, and I right. understand that. And with due respect to your self-assessment right. beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, the, the, the only way to really. Um, respond to a homily, I think, is if it's, it's, it touches your heart. you walk away feeling a certain way, learning something, and getting a message. And I thought your homily know, was absolutely superb. I, I, I thought it was a grand sign. I, I thought it was fantastic. I love the way you started. I love I love the way you related these issues and how you tied it into the gospel and the trust <clears> and the faith. I love the way you acknowledge that you, you yourself have to pray every day for that same trust and faith. And it inspired me. It made the gospel come alive for me. And i just absolutely wonderful. Yeah, cool. and, and you seem extremely comfortable in your state. That's cool. You know, it definitely drew me into the story where I was actually having visuals of uh, your descriptions and stuff like that. So it was really wonderful. Yeah, the other thing I just open this up to the group because uh, I noticed a couple of things we all doing. So, do you have like planned times where you're going to look up and then look down? Because I think all, all of us are like looking up really quick to make that check that box and looking down again. And it just seems unnatural. Uh, it, and and I, you're not the only one, Steve. We've both, uh, pretty much everybody here who's done it. Um, I've never planned so to look up or not. I think I I think this, this the question you're asking, man will resolve itself in three or four anomalies. I think once you do this a few more times, you're going to think about when should I look up, it will just kind of, it'll be part of your rhythm, it'll be part of your, your pattern of, of delivery. So ask me again in like four weeks, I got a feeling it'll resolve itself. Okay, heading
2: excellent proclamation. Your voice, your voice was good. Good, excellent.
3: Um
2: Dominion.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: A lot more relaxed. You seemed a lot more comfortable compared to last week. Okay. Last week when you went up there, you were nervous. Yeah. But then when you, you proclaimed the gospel good, the eye contact. But as soon as you went to the homie, you talked about your friend, then he you, like dancing. Like are like an painting the picture. I, I could picture my you, you know. What's that? Oh. I, I wonder if I've made it I'm trying to avoid the pattern of always playing catch-up from last week, but also we've only got 15 minutes left. I want to do a little bit of discussion on the the text that you read. Um, My thinking is, if in the future, if we just I give verbal feedback and everyone else writes it, I think that'll kind of... Expedite the homilies enough. It's fun giving feedback, though, isn't it? It's like it's encouraging. It's fun. It is fun. I was well, talking to Father Ballancourt outside in the break, teaching Trinity, and I was like, "Poor guy. Mm. We're having so much fun doing the preaching. This is like the good stuff." Uh, so I think uh, Danielle and Bob. I would I go next week, well, I'm going to rewrite mine then. Okay. I guess that's the luxury you're afforded in the. Uh, Together. We only have 15 minutes left. i probably. Okay. But um, does everyone have their, uh, did did their book in time? I, don't know. I think I it's know. an excellent book. I read this book once a year. I think it's a great book. I didn't get one. Okay. Hey, my wife expedited through Amazon. Okay. Well, when you get it, read the whole thing for next week. <laughs> That's the wife to get it for next week. Did everyone
4: preach
0: out the uh, little, um, uh, uh, a little four, four categories of homeless. I send you this today? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me I guess maybe this is a good way to uh, well they anything from the book really was what was worthy of being underlined or highlighted? I got mine all underlined and highlighted and, what from the book struck you in the first um, first half? Yeah, Well, what I really didn't know was that with the coming of that into the nature of the homily changed from the sermon to the homily and then they kind of went into what the differences were. And and what I also didn't realize in on this, but that the homily is supposed to be centered on the gospel. Uh, and yet, and, and, and it should not be an, an opportunity uh, for catechesis or, or education is what the book said. But in all honesty, the homilies that I remember most in my life and that I enjoyed most of my life were more educational as opposed to just, you know, going into you know, the details of the gospel, I won't <coughs> I didn't quite read the same way that uh, it couldn't be catechetical even with the four categories of teacher, which is like a catechetical um, style of of homily. I think the idea is the foundation is the scripture, and that's the recovery from the Second Vatican Council. Anyone seen seen the movie Doubt before? The film Doubt came out maybe in 2011. So in Doubt, he preaches a whole sermon on gossip. Remember this? He has the pillow. I think that's a pretty accurate depiction of kind of how preaching was. And you can talk to your, your friends who are, are in their 80s and 70s and 80s. I think it was thematic. Where you might say, This Sunday, we're gonna talk about honesty. You know, I think I think it was more like moral and more thematic. Was not worse or better? It was just a different style. I think once we had a what they call, what that calls a richer fare. We, we take it for granted we have the Old Testament, Psalm, Epistle, and Gospel. That wasn't the case you know, before the 60s, so I think with the recovery of the lectionary, the, the homily sort of attends to that. But, uh, yeah. Thanks, Paul. Other thoughts on uh, what you read?
4: Yeah, I had I somewhat of a similar uh, perspective on the earlier parts. Because what I never really fully really appreciated is that, certainly today's day and anyway, age, I mean, it's just as important as the rest of the movement. That's the impression I got One flows right into the other, almost
0: in an uninterrupted fashion, and apparently the order of the delivery of is changed by the is essentially so. I'm just so some educational
4: stuff, but also I like the thought. All part of one sacrifice, one celebration. Um, what did the Hebrews call it when
0: they were and it's a Greek word, yeah. I think it's in the Gospel of Hebrew yeah. too. Other yeah. uh, gleanings from this field?
2: I didn't get that part of the reading too. I'd love to know what to do with it.
0: I think you'll find a quick read, I thought it right guys, it's hard on the The first seven
3: pages that I went up to the uh, that make the difference, because I grew up uh, hearing the sermon, instead of homing, so uh, it was interesting to uh, know why they call before sermon, and some still want to call like that, and and what is holding in. Those things make more interesting. I'm, a, I'm going to make time to, to, to keep but, uh, Yeah, I
0: didn't know. I didn't know. I think, I think you'll like, uh, as you read I think it, some of the things you're asking about will be addressed in this. How often should I talk about myself? How often should I tell stories? It's all sort of, it kind of, I think, is a very balanced view of these things. Other gleanings here. I thought really interesting was the four categories of herald, teacher, interpreter, and witness, which is the second chapter. Did you see yourself in any of these? Or is there a primary category that you think you fall into in your, in your preaching? I preaching? but I don't know if that's great or- It's not like a matter, Doug, of saying, "Oh, this is be- witness is better than interpreter." I think the idea that I want to share with you is, if you notice that you're primarily one, occasionally think about writing a homily from another point of view. Personally, for me, like Harold's kind of my default. So occasionally, I'll, I'll get—I don't talk about myself. I mean, I do surface kind of stuff, like I was talking to this guy the there, but like not like. You know, when I, my dad died and I was going through all kinds of stuff, you can, you know. But occasionally I'll, I'll say, you know what, I should share some of this stuff. And interpreter is kind of fun. Storyteller. I think I might be the, the one least attended to. Storyteller. storyteller and prophet and poet. One question I want to ask the class, and this is a question, this is like an overarching meta-theme. To like American preaching, what does an American prophet look like? Um, That's a question I I think about a lot because I want to be a prophet. Um, I think in in America, there's this idea of like the the preacher, the priest, the deacon is like a nice man who says nice things and, um, you know, is charming at times, is funny at times, he shows up and you're one dies or in the hospital. And that's good. But there's something else that the prophet is, you know, proclaiming the, the hard truth. So I think I think something about, like, I'll say priest, I think it's sort of deacon too. There's something about priest and deacon that wanted to be, like, a likable person in people's lives. And yet, that just doesn't square at all with biblical prophets. Um, so I think about that a lot. What does what an American prophet look like? Because prophet, John the Baptist, we name any prophet, Elijah, is kind of outside of the religious, or on the edge of the religious structure. And here we are, ordained smack dab in the middle of the religious hierarchy and structure. So how do we, how are we prophets? Well, Something to think about, and I want to return to that throughout the, the semester, well, I think a lot about, I think there's just like Dorothy Day for me is a prophet, you know, like, the, her, her witness, her writings, someone like that, man. Tremendous prophet. But did you see, you said, uh, you said yourself as witness, Doug. Uh, what else did you guys identify with one of those four? I a witness, too. Yeah. It's a gift. The Lord's given you life experiences and and that's that's the charismatic, right? That's the authentic. I think it couples with the charismatic. That's the early, the early gospel was people seeing, I witnessed this man die and rise. That was the early gospel before you know between the gospel written and the preaching of the apostles. That's the early gospel. I saw this man die and he appeared to me. That's the witness. Other well, what about uh, these new, like, say, Is uh, all these other guys around the internet that are really just coming up in a new way, and, like, seven prayer, uh, all that, pushing that? Which like outside the box, but brings you closer to Christ. Than, like, like, YouTube channels that we're talking about? Oh, am okay, I getting the name wrong? Is it George dating or uh, uh, the Thomas Keating. Thomas Keating, he's 10 years past, isn't he? I don't know, I'll just at the <laughs> Thomas Keating, it the same person we're talking about. Tremendous, he was a Trappist monk. He's passed, but uh, he for a number of years was one of the, the forerunners of center centering prayer, all right? So his, his videos are all over the internet, which is nice. Uh, I didn't know he passed me. I mean we're talking about the Richard same person. Richard Rohr? yeah, he's, he's kind uh, of well I, I think he's the one trying to talk about the what's an like what's an American prophet look like. I think he's kind of he has a whole series on profits. I tell you, I, I like Richard Rohr a lot. He's out there sometimes, but of yeah. uh, uh, the guys that are out there, he's my favorite. <laughs> Others? That's kind of where a prophet lives, you know, kinda. Of, Richard Rohr says, I'm on the edge of the inside. The gleanings are our final moments here. Well, this is a book that I, I, I made you buy it because I think it's the kind of book you should come back to occasionally. When I read this, like reading this again this past week, it gave me some ideas for homilies. You know, like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Or um, like A Weaver of Words, there's tons of little insights here. I, This a, this, you know what? I'll just pass this out in our final moments. This is a little sheet, just a little homily pointers. I got this in my homily class when I was a. Um, now I'll leave you with this. You just little things to tidbits. And I'll, I'll send you a copy, Anthony, of this, of this sheet as well. Has anyone ever heard of a man named? Georg Gadamer, German, kind of a philosopher. He wrote a a tome called Truth in Method. It's it's a tremendous, it's it's philosophy, it's dense stuff. I can give you a distillation of what he said. By the way, this man lived in three different centuries. Thank you. He was born in 1899, died in 2002. He lived in three different centuries. So tremendous insights just from having that longevity. I, I got this, this uh, well, i sharing with you from a guy named Dan Harrington, who I believe, uh, who died in 2014, was the top English-speaking scripture scholar in the world. I had him at Boston College. He said, this is Gadamer's idea, you have a fusion of horizons when, when you preach. By that, I mean, you have the horizon of the text. What did swine mean in the first century? It was unclean, for one, and they're in a graveyard, also unclean, so there are features in the horizon of the first century. What's a Pharisee? They all died, you know? All these features in the first century are not present in the the 21st century, and yet, The things the Lord said are are classic statements, things relevant for all time. So how can, this is the Gadamer phrase, when you preach, you have a fusion of horizons, where you fuse the values, the world, the structure, the soup of our life, the daily experiences, you fuse that with the, the horizon of the first century. That's the task of the preacher, to examine the newspaper, the headlines, and how does the gospel respond to the human experience of the 22nd century? That, that's the challenge that we have. Um, not be too abstract or but to make something concrete, a concrete fusion of horizons. That's kind of what the, the second side of this explains, the culture Tradition, and also you as an individual, are like the, the focal point of that fusion of horizons. So I'll probably give out sheets like this every class, little you know, things to think about, tips and such. Did you guys? Did I sent this out to you as well. Homiletics for candidates for the academic. This little we'll handout mm-hmm. here. I'm good. And a couple of I sent out, and a couple others. Volunteers to close in prayer. So for, before I. Close. Do I have a syllabus handy, my chance? I got it. I got it. So for next class, same assignments. Do a different daily homily for next class. Same time limit. Incorporate some of the things we're learning, some of the things you read in Wozniak some of the tips, incorporate some of these things, sharpen it tightly, think about emotion, think about the ways of emotion. Um, So do another homily, and then we'll do the second half of lozum. Also, make copies of your homily. I didn't do this already, Uh, thanks Danielle. Make copies for everyone. We'll try this out, we'll see. Part of me doesn't want that because then, as I'm listening to you, I might be here, you know, instead of listening to you, but let's try it out. I caught everyone in the class, so we'll have a text in front of oh, us. Text in front of What do you about that. One page. And, uh, Don't use paragraphs. Don't make it an essay. Put it that way. Don't make it an essay. It but, more an essay is for the, the eye to read. A homily is for the ear here, So format it appropriately for the homily. You know, do what you want to do. I, that's what I do, but everyone's different. Um, I just, I have this belief that writing the whole thing out kind of puts a person more here than here. So I would suggest as little as possible. Have your beginning, have your end. That's one thing I, I write out totally, is my beginning, my ending. Middle, you know, um, have as little as possible. Have what you need. But does uh, that make sense? I answer question. Thank you. Because eventually, I want to into a place where we can do a little bit of free space preaching, where you might be walking in the, the congregation, mm-hmm. and you might have, you know, in the first you might have like your the thing here, but primarily you're going off what you recall, what you've memorized. In your home. Thanks, Bob, for the question. Reputation. We should use Yeah, so. Same assignment, but we'll do next week's um, daily lectionary. Any volunteers to close in prayer? Sorry, for a little over, guys. i go, uh, go for it, Bob. <laughs> you. mentioned Don
4: Bosco in the comments today. I did.
0: Where'd he go. I love hearing about saints, guys. Church history, good examples. They don't have a Don Bosco in that not right, yeah, teachers, yeah. Is Yes, my that right? DJ, what she teach? Oh man. Anthony, good to see you. Yeah. Hope you feel better. You. Rest well. Thank you. Rapid floor recovery, to you. is senior years.
3: Okay, thanks. Anthony, we love you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.
3: thanks. Good night, buddy. Thank you. You're welcome.